0: This is the Rabbi Patrick podcast, episode six and a half, dealing with criticism. I am so grateful to all of you who have been supporting this podcast. Um, Every day I get to go online and uh, look at the GoFundMe page, look at Facebook, uh, look at my Twitter account, uh, the number of people who have signed up for my email list, uh, and it's just absolutely thrilling. As I have said many, many times, this is just a hobby. This is completely unconnected to my work, though my work is a deep part of it, uh, because I love what I do. I I love my work. And so uh, it's just so cool to have your friendship and your support. Uh, I'd like to thank the two newest people who have donated to my GoFundMe page. Uh, The first is Sam Fistel, also known as Shabbat Sam. Now, Sam is a... Mover and shaker in the Atlanta Jewish community. So if Sam likes what you're doing, that's a pretty good sign I'd also like to thank Iro whose last name I cannot pronounce for the life of me, but Iro is this amazing guy He's part of Darshan Yeshiva. Uh, He's very active on the Darshan Yeshiva student page and uh, He's just a really super cool guy. Uh, We've only talked on the phone once um, But I've seen stuff that he posts on Facebook. I've commented on it. Uh, He's just a super super cool guy Bounces around between uh, the United States and all these other countries doing research on really cool science stuff That's completely beyond me. Uh, So yes, thank you So thank you to Shabbat Sam who also taught me Birkat Hamazon many many years ago So I can credit my rabbinate to Sam Fistel. and to Iro whose last name I can't pronounce who is a delightful human being uh, and brings a lot of joy to my day when I see his posts on Facebook So thank you to those two gentlemen who have supported, if you would please support, I would appreciate it. You can go to my GoFundMe page. You can go on RabbiPatrick.com. You can sign up for the email list. You can find me and friend me on Facebook. Um, I don't have a separate Facebook for the podcast or anything like that because I think it's a little bit overwhelming. There's already too many social media things. Uh, you can go to at AtlantaRabbi on Twitter. You can follow me there. Um, you can find me. You know you can email podcast at RabbiPatrick.com, and uh, we'll talk. We'll have a good old time. So, I have dealt with a lot of criticism in my life, and I wanted to use this podcast episode six and a half to talk about what criticism is, what is good criticism, what is bad criticism. How do we acknowledge that we will always be criticized? Not that we should uh, try to prevent criticism, that we should try to stay away from criticism, that somehow If we just put ourselves around the right people, we will have a permanent safe space. None of that is true. This is to acknowledge that criticism happens. It will always happen, and we just have to find a way to deal with it in a positive way. So this is not uh, foolproof, meaning there could be lots of other ways of dealing with criticism, and I'd love to hear what you think. So you can send me an email, podcast at rabbipatrick.com. Let me know if I've missed anything or if there are any aspects of this that have not worked for you in the past, Um, and I will include it in another future episode. But uh, you know, it's not meant to be comprehensive. These are just things that have worked for me uh, that I wanted to share with you. So let me tell you about my history with criticism. So, in 2009, Punctura became a thing. Uh, so, we had uh, videos on YouTube, eventually, it became a blog, then, we built some other websites, we became a Jewish nonprofit, and I found myself suddenly um, having the ability to really influence people online. Um, and that really came as a shock to me. Uh, in spite of the fact that I have a podcast and I do public speaking and I'm a rabbi and, and, and whatever, um, I'm actually an introvert. I'm a relatively quiet person when I'm at home. Um, I you know get nervous when people come over to my house. I can invite five people over for Shabbat dinner and I'll be frightened. Uh, Right before they come and it takes like having people in the home for a few minutes for me to go Oh, wait, I really did want to to be around you or uh, I'll get together with my band and leading right up to hanging out with my band I'll be like, oh god. I have to be in the social situation. These are my friends. These are people I really like being around but even then sometimes it's overwhelming for me so um, Needless to say I found myself in a position where I had a lot of uh, voice online. And when you're online, there is no filter. Everyone can read your stuff, can comment on your stuff, whatever the case may be. And I don't think I was fully equipped to handle criticism because in the past, when I was criticized, I just kind of floated away. Um, I sort of had this artist mentality of, well, they just don't understand me. And I didn't know how to truly embrace criticism. It took me a long time to really be able to deal with it. So that's what this is about. It's about what I've learned since 2009 in order to deal with criticism and some ways that I think it could maybe be helpful to you. So, not meant to be a comprehensive list, but I think I've found seven different ways. So here we go. Thing number one, say thank you. Because if someone's criticizing you, it's coming from one of two places, usually. They're either trying to help you and you'll learn something. Whether it's the right lesson to learn or not is irrelevant. If they are trying to help you, you'll learn something. The second possibility is that they are just trying to harm you. And you'll not learn anything from them, but you will learn to stop listening to them. And it also helps to smile. So what am I saying with this? There are people who legitimately want to see you succeed. And they want you to succeed in a way that they know can work for you. And they will criticize you. They will give you feedback in a way that is positive. Now, it could be that you don't need to go down that road with them, right? The direction that they think you need to be going in is actually not appropriate. But that's not relevant at this point. What's relevant is that they are trying to help you. So you should smile. You should say thank you. Uh, They are trying to do good for you. Whether you take the advice or not is irrelevant. They are trying to help you. They are showing true, legitimate friendship. The other option is to recognize that these people are only trying to harm you and you're not going to learn anything except that their opinion is not valid, that it's not good. Um, The Dalai Lama said that uh, your enemy can be your greatest teacher because your enemy can teach you compassion. Um, And in a similar way, this enemy, quote unquote, and I think we think of words like enemy and hatred and uh, with a little too much, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We, we use those words a little too much. They're a little too commonplace. Things like enemy and hate are very strong words. But in any case, uh, those people can teach you something if only what they are teaching you is that their opinion is not appropriate, that they are not legitimately trying to support you. And then you'll know. And maybe it's an uncomfortable experience, maybe you didn't want to have that talk, maybe you didn't need to get that email or that memo, maybe that confrontation was awkward or whatever, but you can smile, you can say thank you, and you can move on. And you can learn either to listen to those people and to incorporate what they're saying, or you can push it off entirely. Number two, separate what a person is saying from how they say it. So sometimes people are just bad at communicating. They use the wrong tone of voice. Perhaps they're in the wrong environment. Perhaps the message is being confused. Uh, maybe they are going in hot, meaning they're reacting to you in a way that is uh, just on fire. You know, They're just going at you, and you feel like you're being pushed around and bullied or whatever the case may be. But try to separate what a person is saying from how a person is saying it. So some things you can do. You can recognize that sometimes people don't communicate the same way you do. Some people use a loud tone of voice and it feels overwhelming. Sometimes people use a quiet tone of voice and it almost sounds eerie and robotic. So try to separate the tone and how they're expressing themselves from what they are actually trying to say. And, and a way of thinking about that is to kind of be like a robot, right? Listen literally to what they are saying and put that back on them. So if someone is yelling at you and they say, I can't believe that you uh, did not get that project done on time. What you can do is you can kind of reflect that back and you can say, I hear what you're saying. You're upset because I didn't get the project done on time. right?" So if you say it in your tone of voice, if you say it in your way that you would say it, if the tables were turned, it can kind of calm you down a little bit. So I try to do this in situations where someone is really coming at me in a strong way. I try to separate out the tone from the content. So what are some other ways of thinking about that? There is some music that is very loud and chaotic, but if you sort of do it unplugged, the music is beautiful and it's classical. So there are elements of heavy metal, for example, that sound like very technical jazz, right, if you just swap out the instruments, or vice versa. You can have a guitar and just play scales, you know, da na 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 like that. But if you soup it up and you plug it into a gigantic amp and, you know, you've got all these like fenders everywhere and you've got a drummer who's just playing blast beats, it'll sound like really amazing hardcore, but it's loud and aggressive and assertive. But all they're playing is la-la-la-la-la-la-la, right? <laughs> so separate out the content from how it's being presented. And it's interesting to see how you can think of things differently when all of a sudden you move it from being a loud chaotic thing to a quieter, gentler thing, or from an eerily quiet thing into something that's more uh, normal in tone. So number three, is this forwarding my mission? So if their criticism is founded, does it help me to move forward? And if their criticism is unfounded, does it still help me to learn something about what I am doing? Or is the criticism of something else? So, what's an example of this? I did a speaking tour, and I was very excited about it, because I got to go to a city that I really liked. A couple of cities, actually. um, And uh, I had this topic that was on my mind, and I was really interested in this topic. And I went, and I did the gigs, and they bombed. Big time big big time now. I didn't completely understand how bad it was at the time. I knew something wasn't working. I wasn't doing a particularly good job. The audience wasn't sort of into it the way I thought that they were going to be. I mean, it just wasn't quite working. So I got home and I said, "You know what? Okay, maybe maybe that was just weird. Sometimes things happen. I've been playing music and all kinds of other things for years and I know sometimes you go out there and you do a gig and it's the same set you've always done, uh, or it's the same crowd you always played to, but you played a different set this time. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't work. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a full moon outside, Mercury's in retrograde, whatever you believe in, it just doesn't quite work. So I get home and a friend of mine calls me and says, you know, I just wanted to talk to you about your your speaking gig. And I said, okay. And this person said, you know, you, you bombed big time. You, you really bombed. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. And the criticisms were laid on pretty thick. And I was hurt. I, I felt raw, actually, would be the, the best way to describe it. By the way, you may hear my cat or my wife at some point. So have fun with that. A little inside uh, into the magical world of Patrick. So anyway, back to the story. So... So I'm in this position where uh, I, I really feel raw and I feel like like hurting while I'm having this conversation about what a poor job I did, and you know some of the things that they said made a lot of sense. Uh, this this friend of mine and others I would find out later, um, and then uh, but other things didn't make sense. There were there were some criticisms of me that didn't didn't really add up, and I, I would ask. More and more questions about uh, about that feedback, and it just never made any sense. And and it could have been that maybe I didn't get it, maybe they didn't fully understand what they were saying. I, I don't know. Um, dissecting apart now, it's been such a long time that dissecting that apart now just doesn't it doesn't ma- mean anything. Um, but when the conversation was over with, and I hung up my phone, I started thinking about what that person was saying. And I realized that what they were saying could have been true. It could have not been true. But nonetheless, it is how they and the audience understood it. And I began to think about what that meant. That if I didn't have the ability to control the situation, if I did not have the ability to help that audience see things the way that I needed them to see so that the gig would work, right, it would be as if, I was playing a show with a band and half of the people there had earplugs in, right? And, or, or I was doing art and people were walking into the art gallery but they had blindfolds on, right? If there, was, if there was some reason why I couldn't communicate with them in the way that I wanted to, was this opportunity to go and do these gigs really worth it? At the same time, it's not all on them. If I'm the one who's trying to speak but words aren't coming out, or if I'm trying to do something visual but even I don't understand what I'm trying to do, is that furthering my mission? Does that help me to move forward? Does being in that space in a better way help me to help others and to do the things that matter to me? Or was this just something else? And I can feel free to learn from this experience and say, you know what, good point, don't have to do that ever again, and drop it. And I actually chose the latter. I chose to drop it. So I don't do speaking gigs anymore. I do weddings, funerals, baby namings, all of that. But going around to colleges and giving talks and things like that, I don't do it anymore. Because I realized within that criticism that the number of obstacles and the amount of work I was going to have to face in order to get that opportunity to then come home and to potentially have to deal with criticism about what I was talking about, how I was presenting it, all of these other things just did not further my mission. So what did I do? I came home and I started a podcast. So now I have the opportunity to speak to many, 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 many more people than I did at these speaking gigs. Um... And yes, it's not the sort of rock star feeling of getting up in front of an audience and how's everybody doing tonight? I didn't actually do that, but that kind of feeling. Um, But you know, the cool thing is if I mess up here, there's going to be more podcasts, right? If you go and speak to an audience, that's your shot. Now you can always come back, but it kind of is your shot. So I realized that doing speaking gigs didn't further my mission. Their criticism, I think, was founded from their perspective, but then there was a time that I had to move on, and so I did, and that's that. So, does it further your mission? Are they criticizing something else? So, it can happen, this didn't happen in my case, but this can happen, that people are being critical of something that is not actually about you. So, I presented on a certain topic, uh, but I was criticized For something unrelated or what I thought was unrelated. I can do a podcast about a topic and I can have people come at me and criticize me personally, which has nothing to do with the topic of the podcast. I can write an article and I can have some people go at me and say, well, uh, you aren't qualified to give that opinion, but that's not about the opinion. It's about me, right? Are they being critical of something in my mission Or are they being critical of me or something else? And does their criticism help or hinder the mission? So sometimes you have to think about that and you have to ask yourself, okay, I'm being criticized. Um, Am I being criticized about what I am doing or am I being criticized about something else? Am I being criticized about this action that I'm taking or am I being criticized because I am not taking the action that someone else wants me to, right? Am I being myself, my authentic self, and I'm being criticized for not being the self someone else wants me to be? Or am I being criticized because the real me is doing something in a way that someone else doesn't want me to? So you have to kind of think about all that. And it could be that the criticism that comes at you for what you have done is just proof that you need to not do that anymore. That it's not worth it. If you're going to be criticized Maybe you need to not do that. Now that doesn't mean that you give up. It just means that maybe you go at it from a different direction. Maybe you pursue what you're doing in a different way. So I wanted to speak to an audience. So I started a podcast. The podcast is infinitely better than traveling around the country. Um, as much as I like to travel, uh, it's tough sometimes, and uh, I don't like being away from my wife and my cat. So lesson number three is affording my mission. If the criticism is founded, does it help me to move forward? If the criticism is unfounded, does it still help me to learn something about what I'm doing or what I shouldn't be doing? Or is this criticism of something else entirely? Sort of get to the point. These next four are a little bit faster. So, don't go in hot. Meaning, don't respond to criticism from a place of anger. Try your best to have a level head. Try to keep it cool. If you go in hot... What's going to happen is the person who is criticizing you is only going to hear their tone. Kind of goes back to, uh, you know, what I said earlier about separating out what someone says to you versus how they say it. You want to do the same thing when you react to criticism. You need to make sure to not uh, go in it hot and angry. You're not going to be able to communicate well. Number five, don't seek out conflict. Oh my gosh, social media, you are designed to help people seek out conflict. Do not seek it out. When your friend posts that thing on Facebook that riles you up politically, scroll past it. When that person says something rude to you that you disagree with, move on. Do not seek out conflict. Don't put yourself around people who create conflict. Don't put yourself in environments online or physically where conflict exists. Seek peace. It seems like more fun to be the kind of person who goes rah-rah-rah and has a sign and pickets through life. Don't do that. That is not helpful. There are legitimate times when you need to react, but react from a place of peace. I promise that it will work out better. There are people in this world who seek out conflict. That's all they want is to be in conflict with everyone all the time. These people are miserable. Don't seek out conflict. Seek peace. Number six, ask the opinion of others. So when I was talking about that speaking uh, gig that I did that didn't work out, I ended up talking to a friend of mine about it. And my friend said, you know, what what are you doing? So what do you mean? And my friend said, you know, you you have this internet presence, right? Like thousands of people have heard your stuff, seen your videos, whatever. And then you're going to go and you're going to go get in a room that at most is going to have 100 people. And those people aren't going to volunteer for Punctura. They're not going to take a class online. Now, I don't know how my friend assumed that, but whatever, we'll go with it. Um, You know, just make more videos. Do do a podcast. Do some writing. If you want your opinion out there, find other ways of doing it. You don't need to do it this way if this way is causing conflict. And you know my friend was right. It's good to ask the opinion of others. And you may find out that whoever was criticizing you is totally right or that maybe they were right in a certain kind of way. But in your process of filtering out knowledge, uh, you maybe, (laughs) you kind of filtered out the wrong stuff. So that's possible too. So phone a friend, talk to someone, tell them what you heard, what you experienced, see what they think. And lastly, move forward. Incorporate the criticism into your life, either as a lesson that you should listen to people more, as a lesson that you need to maybe do things differently, or that maybe you need to set yourself around different people in a different environment. Make it positive, though. Incorporate the criticism into your life, move forward, move on. So to recap, say thank you, because they're trying to help, or they're teaching you that you shouldn't listen to them. Number two, separate out what someone is saying from how they say it. Number three, is this forwarding my mission? If their criticism is founded, does it help me move forward? If their criticism is criticism is unfounded, does it help me to learn something about what I'm doing? Or is the criticism about something else? Number four, don't go in hot. Number five, don't seek out conflict, seek peace. Number six, ask the opinion of others. And number seven, move forward. Incorporate the criticism into your life in some kind of positive way. So in the next podcast, and I promise I'll actually get, get to it, the big three, circumcision, bet din, and the mikvah, plus picking a Jewish name.